Cover your eyes! Ah! Oh, gosh. It's so much louder inside. <laughs> Tales from the Ditch. Hi, everybody. This is Tales from the Ditch. I don't know how to start this. You always do it. Do you want me to start? Do it. Starring Sean Allen Moss, Seth Wildshoot, and joining us again, Jesus Ojeda. Ojeda. Or. 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 Ojeda. Or. Ojeda. You know, there's Jesus, or you can have Heda. Yeah. Whatever you want. Pop. Brought some Modelo and spicy Funyuns. Dude. How's oh, your yeah. how's your week so far, man? It's good to have you back on the show. Good, I almost cut my finger off. Yeah, Jesus has uh, some stitches on his finger, which uh, it kind of looks like Frankenstein. It's like brutal. You said you can't feel it. Not the tip. Oh my gosh! So just the tip. Just the tip. Okay. I want oh, to make sure better than I, the whole thing, right? Sean, don't be inappropriate. <laughs> or tell you. No, we have Jesus back on. Uh, we had Jesus on uh, before uh, the two-month break. It was two months, right? Yeah, we had a big two-month break, and uh, now we're coming back strong. If by strong, you mean slow and Profanity-laced. <laughs> yeah. we, we had Cliff on, who gave us his view of why you should <laughs> cuss all the time. He, he just is saying what I think half the time. And then we had Michelle, who was much more polite than me and asked permission before she said the word penis. Yeah, so. it's been great. Penis. <laughs> penis. <laughs> it's anatomical, people. Look. Yes. Oh, a couple of shout-outs. Um, yes. So our two biggest sponsors so far are also guests, which is strange. We had a um, set of glasses and Crown Royal whiskey donated by Shay. Shay G. Shay. Who is our biggest donor, or was our He's biggest awesome. donor, homie. until we got some headphones donated by Judah. That Seth gets to wear because he's always having problems with the headphones. Yeah. Right. Nice. They look Thank nice. you, Judah. Yeah. Oh, Judah Scariot. Oh, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> So nice. And a third shout out, Prest Moco. Is that dot com? Does he have a website or anything? Uh, I don't think he has a website up okay. yet. Right now, he's just kind of on social media. Facebook? Facebook. Um, right. What are those ones? Insta- Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Instagram. MySpace? Yeah, that's the. <laughs> My Friendster. Yeah, that Friendster. one right there. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn. Um, I'll. I'll find him on there and maybe I can share him. Uh, so pressed Moco. Um, He's going to make some tales from the ditch. Shirt. Is it just shirts? Anything else we just, should know? Or? Uh, as far as I know, it's shirts. But uh, pretty sure he can do other stuff. You've seen one of the shirts. I've worn one of his shirts. One to say straight out of God's word. Is that? that a word? Yeah, that one. He, he made that. Okay. And where do you get the idea for the name? What's that? What? Not, I don't know. Oh, okay. I didn't <laughs> ask him. Press Moco. Moco is Booger. Yeah. So it's a pressed booger. <laughs> yeah. In Dutch, ya whore means yeah, of course. Or yeah. so my dad told me. He might be lying to me, and I've been <laughs> insulting women for 35 years. I don't know. Mysteries. So anyway. <laughs> in, in Irish, <laughs> means friend. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm pretty sure it does. I'm pretty sure that you're not pretty sure about that. <laughs> um, All right, well... Uh, one thing that we haven't had the a good opportunity to do yet since we've come back from our break is have a traditional tale from the ditch. Tale from the ditch. Which, to Michelle, who's probably not listening, you're probably doing better things. 
It is not about people falling in ditches. It's from the ditch. We we went to uh, school in Sparks where um, uh, I was not that popular. So instead of cool hair dye, I would use my mom's food coloring. I would wear my brother's hand-me-down clothes. So just lot, lots of issues. Is it hand-me-down or handy-down? What is it? Hand-me-down. Hand-me-down. I believe. Sounds very... We should call Logan this. Let's get down to brass tacks. Yeah, so anyway, there was a kid I met, Matt Monticelli, just... Italian as hell, dude. Just slick back hair, attitude, cross, all this. Gold necklace with a cross. Gold necklace <laughs> with a cross. Listen to hip hop rap, and I would find out later Metallica. So. Slick back hair? Dude, like, I mean, shaved on the sides, greased back. I mean, just like, he he worked on it. So, he didn't like me when he first came to elementary school. Didn't always like had me. a Always had a white tank top on? Always a white tank top <laughs> on, yeah. <laughs> So finally, uh, I think it was the year after he came, we got in a classroom together and you had to like get to know each other and it goes, put down some of the bands you like. And I put Metallica. He goes, you like Metallica? He goes, I can't do his accent. I'm not going to because he'll get into some racist territory. It just, it, <laughs> do it. he says, do uh, it. he do says, it. man, like I thought, I thought you were this dork and I hated you and wanted to punch you. But if you like Metallica, that's cool. And he's like, what album? I was like, well, you know, have you heard Ride the Lightning? You know, we become friends. A month later, I get in a fight with this kid, Taylor Raymond, where we held each other by the shirt and punched each other 20 times. And I can hear Matt shouting instructions like, don't wind up so much. Straight punches, like yell, cheering me on. So we become friends. I move. Years go by. I'm in high school. Um, I walk down to uh, the row at McQueen High School. High, like you do. That's the... Off properties smoking. Yeah, where everyone right? smoked. Everyone smoked. Yeah, yeah. I walked down high because I was told someone wanted to fight me. So, of course, I walked down intoxicated. This kid starts shoving me. We get in a fight. Long story short, I get suspended. And they have a policy at the time. You had to take anger management after that. Oh, so, right. And you have to bring your parents. So, my dad Ooh, nice. and I have to go two months of anger management, Wooster High School. Um, we show up. And by the way, it never helped me manage my anger. It made me so much more angry. <laughs> I would go to a bathroom and draw in the stalls. I'm sorry, Wooster. I'm sitting in the class with my dad, and I feel someone nudge me from the side. And he goes, yo, dog, is your last name Wild Shoot? And I look over, Matt Moncelli is in the anger management <laughs> class. And I look over, I go, wait, what school do you go to? He goes, McQueen. I'm like, you go to my same school? He goes, yeah, I've been going there about four days. I'm like... Wait, hold on. You're in here for a fight. And he says, yeah. I'm like, when did you get a, you've been at the school four days. When did you get in a fight? He goes, oh, first day. <laughs> and I go, what happened? And I found out it was one of my friends. He says, yeah, I didn't like the way this guy was looking at me. He said something stupid. So I headbutt him and start punching him in the face. <laughs> so Matt Mocelli and I for next two months enjoyed anger management in which my dad Argued with the teacher, said there's nothing wrong with being depressed. Matt would doodle on his desk, and I think he ended up arguing with someone. And I think there was a class even where we were supposed to address the person we fought and apologize, and I think Matt flipped him off. And that's how I remember Matt Monticelli. Matt Monticelli. <laughs> Reunited. His brother uh, sold over, oh, I won't say what street, because yeah. I'm no rap, but his brother oh. liked, to, liked to deal. You're going to like my story then. Go. Well, do you want to go after, and then I do a third, or you want to do a third? No, I really want to do it. I'm going to do a second, then Hayes, I want Jesus to cap this. I have, I, have a, a I have a Matt Monticelli story. Do you? Go. Yeah. Not a great Matt Monticelli story, but a fu- kind of a funny anecdote about how male bonding sometimes works. Because I had the same experience. Matt Monticelli showed up, 
And I didn't like his Italian look, you know what I mean? I didn't like racist Irish. I didn't like his attitude. And uh Irish people he was a tough guy and he was a threat to me, obviously. He would fight. I'll say that. He would fight, yeah. And so, you know, we had beef and a couple of times him and I almost got in fights. And I didn't know why we didn't like each other. We just didn't. And then one time we were playing soccer and Matt Monticelli and I were on the same team and we were playing soccer against <laughs> Irish six and other Italian. Kids. Yeah, together again. And uh um just like Ellis Island. <laughs> just like Ellis uh, Island. There and, you go. Uh so he so we were being there was like a bunch of cheating and uh we were frustrated and um I missed a goal. Like I went to kick and I missed it and I was mad and then the bell rang and then we had to go in from recess and I was super mad. And I remember walking back to the class and uh Matt tapped me on the shoulder and I instantly like coiled my fist back and turned around and I was like ready to hit him because I thought it was somebody from the cheating team. Yeah, yeah. And I was super angry and I was super passionate and I was like, I remember I turned around and I was like, what dude? And uh I realized it was Matt Monticelli, and I was like, uh-oh, because I thought Matt Monticelli could maybe uh probably take me in a fight at the time. But he flinched, which made me feel a little good about myself. But anyways, he goes, hey, man, I just wanted to say, like, that wasn't your fault. And I was all, really? Thank you. I appreciate Dude. that. And then we bonded, and then we were cool after that. It was around the same time that you guys were cool, and so we were all He friends. just didn't take crap, and he... Which brings me to my next story of... uh <laughs> So this is how I found out my mom doesn't know what drugs are. So we were at, we were at, hey, youth group kids, we were at a Verdi at our friend's mansion. I wish she was mom too. <laughs> we, we, uh, so we had, uh, partaken in the devil's lettuce, as young people call it. And I'm sitting there and the doorbell rings and I'm panicked. I'm going, who knows we're here? We're in a mansion and who knows we're here? And I hear my mom's voice. I remember she had to pick me up for youth group. Now, my first suggestion was I said, Hey, Vince, go tell her I'm too high to go. So he <laughs> stands up and I go, wait. And I think for a second, I go, then she'll know I'm high. So I go, okay, I'll figure this out. I go in the bathroom, take the air freshener, spray myself only in one spot, like my elbow and shoulder. Cause I am out of my mind. Go to a door. We get in the car and I just lean my cheek against the window while she drives, trying to feel the coldness to wake me up. And she keeps looking at me going, are you okay? And, um, what's up? And do his parents smoke or something? Or is there, was there a skunk around his house? And she just asks all these questions. I keep staring over at her slowly. I love you, mom. She's like, yeah, I know you said that like 10 minutes ago. I'm like, I'm just so tired. Cause. Last night, I was just worried about school, so I started praying, and <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. So I was like, can I just look out the window? I just want to look at what God's made. And she goes, okay, and I'm staring, 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 and I never got in trouble, and I smelled like, not if you smoked weed, but if you ate weed for 10 months, bathed in it, no, I know and your smell. hair was made of it, and I don't know if she just hoped the best in me or believed in me. But she dropped me off at youth group, gave me a hug, and I came home and played whatever system we had, because I don't remember, because my brain cells are gone. And you ate some Funyuns. <laughs> I probably ate all the Funyuns. <laughs> I just, Maybe my the dad's bagels. like, who ate the damn Funyuns? <laughs> just, yeah. Gosh. So, yeah. So, Jesus, you want to tell yours? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Uh, this while ago, 
while ago. I was about five, six, maybe. Okay. I know it's in kindergarten. That's for sure. We're still living in California. All right. And in the apartment complex that we used to live in, there used to be this one guy. They used to sell drugs right there off, right on, on the stairs going up to the second level. He just would sit down in the bottom, sell his drugs. And he always used to pick on me. He always used to call me names and mess with me and try to scare me as a little kid. So there's this one day, me and my friends were riding our bikes. And as usual, where we see him where he's at. So we're trying to avoid him. We're trying to act like we don't hear him. And I kid you not, cops come in. There's like two, three cup cars to just come in, like top speed, just brake on the, on the cars. And this who takes off running. <laughs> so they chase him. They chase him. They catch him. They give him a little bit of a whooping and they bring him back. Sorry. Uh- where was this? This was in Orange County, California. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind not of Chino. LA, it was in Orange County. It was LAPD. Orange County. They gave him. A- yeah. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> he got a whoop. He came back bloody nose. Yeah. You know. I don't know how Classic. much more, but Classic Southern California. Hey, police. you want? <laughs> that's what you get when you run. Even <laughs> if you true. don't that run. That is too. what you get when you run. But I that's it, it's a hundred percent sure when you run, you you're gonna get a whoop. Yeah. You know. So they're searching them. For drugs, obviously. They, they know him. He's, he's been arrested a couple times. I knew where he kept his drugs. See, me and my friends were always around there. Ooh. In the palm trees, you know how the palm trees have those, um, what little like spines? Like or? spines, but you yeah. can peel them back a little bit. Yep. Yep. Well, that's where he would keep the crack. Not in his butt. It was in the, no, no, okay. not, not in his I butt. always stored in my butt. No, <laughs> he always, cause right there, right where he would sell the drugs. I mean, there's a palm tree like, yeah, five ten feet away, and we knew he kept his drugs there because whenever we played around there, he he give us shit about it. He was like, "Hey, get away from there!" As soon as we got close to the tree, and we knew why. Yeah, yeah. So this is where I saw my revenge. <laughs> so they're coming, they're searching them, and they didn't find nothing. So they were about to let them go, and I was like, "Oh no, no!" Like you know, take them away so we can play without him harassing us and calling us yeah, name. Right. So I'm like, officer. Can I have a sticker? And so he walks towards me. You know, that's little kids in the hood. You always, you see a cop, you always go and ask for a sticker. Right. But it, when he came and asked for a sticker, it's like, hey, I know where the drugs are. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, he doesn't keep the drugs on him. Puts them in the palm tree. <laughs> so he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. It's like, go go check on the palm tree. Check like the fourth level of the little, whatever they are, the little things that you peel back. I'm like, and. Somewhere around there, you're going to find a little bag. And sure enough, he goes over there. Back just drops to the ground. This dude just looks at me. I hated him. Because, <laughs> I mean, he harassed me and my friends like every day. Yeah. Whenever we drove our bikes around him, he just gave us hell. They put him in the cop car. I just drive by on my bike, flip him off. <laughs> they kind of smirk at him. You know what I mean? It's like sweet revenge. Yeah. Because, for, I mean, we were there for like a, eh, about a year, year and a half. And every time we drove our bikes around, when he was there, just gave us hell. Total and that's when I got my spirit revenge. Yeah. Jesus said, not on my block. <laughs> nah, homie, it's my block. <laughs> that's all. You know what? That's awesome. I my story. You did a service. My story would have ended with me in the cop car somehow. But that's. <laughs> so why was it? So that's the only time I snitched. That's the only time. That wasn't snitch. That was revenge. Yeah, that was revenge. <laughs> But I would consider it snitching. I mean, I was five, six years old. I don't see. I don't know because 
here's the thing. called establishing territory. What happens when you're in a gang? All right, hypothetically, uh, for a friend of mine, not me. Say you don't like the leader of the gang and you want to get rid of him. Is planting evidence, snitching, is... It happens a lot. I mean, I'm just saying, if you want to get rid of a guy that you don't get along with, or you're like, no, I'm not scared, Jail, but I just don't like this guy. I'm just saying. That's a good point. Literally, what is the morality around ratting? Like... Some people say don't even say hi to cops, don't even talk to them, don't even address them. Right. And I think we would all say there's a matter of loyalty to whoever the person you're being asked to rat on, right? Um, You would violate that loyalty by ratting. Um, I have never ratted on one of my friends, I'll say that. Well, and, and that's what I'm wondering. Even if, like, what, even if you were presented with a greater good situation where they say, hey, if you just rat on your friend, we're going to get him the help he needs or something like that. Why wouldn't you in that situation? Because you or can't would you? trust the system, Sean, and yeah. I've told you this. It's See, I said my sentence very carefully. I've never rat on a friend. Never. But I've yes. made deals. Yes, sure. I understand that. But the ratting on Do a friend. Do you, Sean? Or are you going to go to though, cops right now? That's what, what I'm I mean. saying, though, is there's no commandment or moral imperative. Oh, as a Christian. Ratting. Are you asking mm. me as a Christian? I'm just saying... I'm just saying, where does it come from? There's like, how much loyalty is there among thieves? Not much. So why is not ratting so important? There's some degree where not ratting is, uh, like a career move. If you're the guy who never rats, then people trust you and you can move up, right? But beyond that, is there any moral reason, Christian or not, why not ratting is important? Who, who was the one in the Old Testament, Rahab? Yeah. She didn't rat. Right. She's in the line of Jesus, so I think that shows Jesus doesn't rat. Okay. Mm. Oh, gee. Dang. You're welcome, John MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look, here's the thing. No, that's true. She didn't, and her entire city <laughs> died. <laughs> died because she didn't rat. She didn't snitch. And somebody could have come up to her and said, hey, listen, this is to protect lives. Are, are you asking me as a Christian or a non-Christian? Uh, let's. I, I want to ask you as a Christian. Let's say that. As a Christian, I would, if I felt it was going to be unjust or something detrimental to human flourish, something against God, I'm not going to rat. Um, if I find out someone's doing something to kids or abusive, it's my responsibility as a shepherd. Well, because I'm a pastor, but even as a Christian... I'm supposed to oppose injustice. So if someone's doing something unjust, I will. Um, as far as it says, obey the law of the lands and authority. I don't know if that means I have to call the police every time I know someone's speeding. I don't know about that because I'm not a no, magistrate. I'm not a to... snitching going on. Yeah. I now. So that's, yeah, I, I look at that. I'm like, what's it causing? What's it doing? It, all right. World War II. If, if they say, are there Jews in your house? I go, nope. So it all depends on context to authority, what authority they have, what God's given them, what's the consequence. I think Calvinists want everything to be very black and white and just make these blank statements. Of course. But if you look at all these creeds and councils, they have these long, drawn-out conversations because life is complex. Yeah, I mean, if you say, is it ever right to molest a kid? I go, no. <clears throat> but if you say, what about lying to an authority figure? I go, depends. Rahab was right not to tell the truth, I don't think David should have lied to his officials. So it's like, it, it depends. There's so many things. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I think Jesus got revenge yes, on Sleepy and now he's gone. <laughs> there's always a Sleepy in the crew. I'm sorry, dude. There's a Sleepy. There's a, there's like, 
three or four names I've seen rehashed in so many crews. Like, well, there might be even two sleepies. There'll be there a might sleepy be two and, sleepies. and a little sleepy. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, hey, one's real sleepy, the other one's only a little sleepy. I once went to a party. I said, "Is Angel here or Sleepy?" Six people come up. Because seriously, if you say, "Is Angel here or Sleepy?" It's so. Yeah. Sean's smoking his 10-foot pipe. La that pipa. is awesome, but it's so ridiculous. <laughs> That's big. awesome. It's so I don't have to lift my hand so high to hold it. <laughs> think yeah. about it. Oh. It's a laziness move. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you said was interesting. Based on the content of whatever you're not ratting about would change your position. Yeah. If somebody's doing something harmful motives content yeah creating uh something creating a situation where humans aren't flourishing or where there's human suffering i want to you're not going to protect that individual i want to know who the authority is too because if you look at like burma or it's also called myanmar depends on who you support it borders thailand well they had democratically elected official and the military comes in says nope she's not in charge and puts her under house arrest okay so it's not democratically elected authority they're usurping the authority put in place. They're raping and murdering. I mean, it just, yeah, there's lots of questions. It's like, it's like if you said, um, what do you think about killing? What's, where are we at? What's the context? What's the, and to me, killing is different than murder. So it, it there's a lot of questions. It's, yeah, there, there's lots of things I, you'd have to dive into it. I think America, I don't know why Americans are so much like this or this. Red or blue, Democrat, Republican, this oh, or this. Yeah. It, what nuance is like the kryptonite? Like, of well, how about we weave our way through it? So, no, this or this. Well, I, I, I don't agree with either of yours. So, do you think there's nuance? <clears throat> Ask when, Jesus. I'm, I'm talking to both of you. Do you think there's nuance when something is a crime based on something that happened, or a crime based on legislation around something that could happen? Hmm. So, for example. Um, lighting goats you, on fire. If you, uh, kill someone with your car, mm-hmm. it's like manslaughter or maybe murder. Yeah. Or something like that. Depending on intent. <clears throat> Depending on intent. But if you drink, drink and drive, that's also illegal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And has a, has a very severe punishment, but not as severe. But do you think one of those is something that you wouldn't rat on? If your friend came over and said, dude, I just hit a guy. And he looked like he was dead and I drove away. Would you call the cops? And if somebody said, man, I've had one too many and I just drove here, would you call the cops? Mm. Oh. Oh. That's a good one. I think you should email Nathan Dupree at N. No. (laughs) I have his phone number if you want. (laughs) N. Dupree at. Yeah. What do you think, Jesus? (sighs) From the streets of Orange County, what do you think? Actually, I'm going to retract that. Because I think, dang it, Sean, come on! I think driving under the influence is pretty, Whoa. pretty terrible and not yes. acceptable in any way. But let's say, what this. if you were doing it to hide Jews from Hitler, Sean? So, so, <laughs> no. so when we're talking about driving under the influence, are we saying this guy had a beer too, or this guy's drunk? This guy's technically past the O point. This guy's point drunk. O eight limit. Is he technically drunk? by law? By law, he's drunk. By law, he's drunk. So okay. not to himself. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not to himself. You can't he may trust feel... Sean. He's sneaky with this stuff. I need to understand. I need he to understand stabbed what, me um... three separate times. But I, I actually want to change it because I, I don't think we should actually – I don't think we should give any room to people driving under the influence. So here. Yeah. Here's an example of somebody uh, drives drunk and 
comes to your house and they're clearly blasted, right? And they have had way too much to drink and they just drove to your house. Or somebody drives to your house and didn't drink anything, but somebody who was in their car in the back seat was drinking a beer, which is also illegal in an open container. And the the reason it's illegal is they say, well, if there's an open container in the car, you could have drank it. Even though you're saying this person didn't, it's still illegal because they could have drank it. Meanwhile, a DUI, they said you did drink it, and that's why it's illegal. So a, a law like that, uh, would you guys rat on your friends or no? Hmm. Jesus first. I've been there and I didn't snitch. I've been in that situation. I, I, you know. For yeah. both or either? <sighs> both. I've been on the friend where the friend came over drinking and the friend that myself was drinking and came over. You know, but obviously I wasn't a Christian at that time, you know. But I think as a Christian, if I would have a friend come over, I mean, I, I don't think I would snitch. I think I would honestly hold him accountable towards his actions and kind of be like, dude, like, what are you doing? You know, like, you know, you should. And, you know, you know, what if this happens? You know, you can easily take a life or your life can be taken. Yeah. So it's more love on them and hold them accountable, you know. And if I were to see that it's something that is reoccurring, I'd be even to the point of like, hey, man, you know, you should probably seek some help before this happens. You know, because I know what the system does. So for something like that, I wouldn't want to put somebody in that system that I know doesn't work and it's broken and they're not going to get any better from it. You know, they're just not going to drink while they're there. Yeah. But as soon as they get out, most likely they will. So instead of doing that, I'm, I would want to seek to, to fix that problem by loving on them, by, you know, if it's something that I know it's a problem for him, you know, turning them towards help. Whatever you said. I would what kill him said? right in the street. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, uh, wrestle with, and I'm still, uh, no, I open beers. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Can still, you open one for me? Si, si, senor. I wrestle with the idea of like, all right, we're supposed to respect the law of the land. Um, and if there's a blatant evil or someone trying to like hurt an image bearer, I get that. But as far as just personal vices where someone wasn't directly hurt, I mean, because I get the whole, well, someone could have been hurt, but... I, I think about sometimes, okay, how much am I meant to be the enforcer of the law? Because I get the whole, I respect the law of the land, I respect authority, I don't break it. If I see blatant evil or injustice, Tyler brought this up a little bit, like, okay, getting drunk was a sin, but in the Old Testament it wasn't something that would put you in prison or to death. Right. But totally. then there was mm-hmm. other stuff that was a sin and would also put you in, you know, there would be a legal punishment. Totally. So I wrestle between that and going, okay, is it my job that any time I see someone breaking the law, I'm supposed to be the enforcer of reporting it? Because um, I do see a difference between saying, hey, uh, a guy was inside his house and did this versus, hey, a guy went up and murdered someone because he, he publicly committed this great evil and injustice versus like, all right, um, what's a good example? Like, I don't know if I would report... Hey, I saw a guy saying drunk on his front lawn drinking a beer. And they could say, well, it's an open container. Like, technically, it breaks the law, but I go, okay, that seems like a personal vice of him being tanked on the front lawn. And I'm not saying yes or no. I just, I wrestle with that of, okay, do I have to call a cop every time I go, I saw a guy texting and driving. I saw a guy doing this. 
But the argument is, well, the Texan driving could lead to him doing evil and hitting a family or something like that. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I wonder how much of a focus that should be versus if someone says we're going to exterminate these people, I go, well, yeah, I'm going to oppose that. So I, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten into intricacies of that. I'm going to be honest. I just haven't cared that much. So I just I've always been like, you know, I'm more I wrestle with authority to begin with. So I go, well, pfft. You, you're the cop. Go figure it out. So, I don't know. It, I'd want to look at the case. I'd want to pray. I'd want to talk to a person. I don't know if it'd be a simple answer. <clears throat> All of these things, I always am thinking about them in the frame of, what do, you know, what do I tell my son? Hmm. Because I don't know. I don't know. I Like you said, I've never thought about it. My dad's never thought about it. He never taught me how to think about it. Well, actually, His dad never thought about it. So we were, As we grew up, we were always told, don't be a tattletale. Yeah. So it, it, even as young kids, we'd be like, hey, don't snitch. Nobody likes a snitch, you know? Judas was a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of think, yes, I agree. And we celebrate that as society. The guy who snitches is always like the bad guy in the movie. Or the guy who we lose respect for. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think we learn that culturally. I'm just kind of curious, like, when the rubber meets the road, where does the snitching rule come in? When it benefits me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's how it works out. I don't know. That's that's kind of a crazy question. I don't know. It's a hard one for me because, yeah, I want to tell my kid don't tattletale, right? Yeah. But do I just want to tell him that because it's inconvenient for me and I don't want to hear you talk about the other kid and I'm busy Mm. doing something? Or do I want to give him an actual valid reason why you wouldn't snitch? And I don't know that I've ever actually uh, come to a conclusion about the valid reason why we don't snitch, I guess. And so it's just kind of intriguing to me. But it's your guys' fault for bringing it Excuse up. Excuse my like, language. The mm-hmm. reason we don't snitch, you know this. It's, it's in Wikipedia. You, get you don't get stitched. It's because right we so aren't punk ass bitches. Right here. Stitches. <laughs> That's right. You get stitches. That's how you lost your finger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Karma for snitching on that guy all them years ago. You I brought something stitches. up interesting, though, Seth, that I think uh, is a good topic to talk about. And since we have a couple of experts here that aren't me. I think it'd be good. You talked about uh, killing, the difference between killing and murder, um, the severity of a crime based on how it defaces the image of God or an image bearer and stuff like that. So I'm curious, like, we've talked a little bit about, like, kind of like Augustine, Just War and things like that. But, like, there's other things that are not helping human flourishing or that are creating human suffering out there yeah. that I don't know that we've ever really gone into detail about. Can you give an example? Well, it's kind of a rabbit's hole down the rabbit, down the rabbit trail. Very hole? deep. Down the rabbit Very hole. Very deep hole. Is that, a, is that how you say it? Down the rabbit trail? Rabbit down the hole. rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. Uh, it's a hole. It's so a hole. <laughs> So, uh, and I was talking, so I was talking to some guys about this the other night and I have a kind of crazy eschatology, crazy view. I kind of subscribe to this unlimited, limited atonement kind of thing where I think that, uh, Jesus's work on the cross did 
more than just save the elect. I think it had effects on the, on the earth, on the cosmos and stuff like that. And that's beside, that's a different conversation, but either way. Yeah. That's another rabbit hole. Yeah. That's another rabbit hole, but either way, another alligator trail. I would, I would, I don't think that hole ever ends too. I would posit that, um, that things are better in 2000 AD than they were in 2000 BC. Hmm. I think that there's like a lot less severe sin in the world. And one example that I brought up that I got schooled on was, um, I feel like, you know, you read about a lot less babies being dashed against rocks nowadays than Just you killed did with needles and other stuff than you did 4,000 years ago. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's exactly what somebody said. He goes, well, look at the rate of abortions. Like, and look at how many, um, children are dying in a clinic at the hands of abortionists. And, um, I said, yeah, but I'm still smart. Shut up. And then I walked away and that was the end of the conversation. But I am curious, like when it comes to murder, um, I, I'm assuming I know your guys' perspectives, but I kind of want to hear you guys' perspectives on the abortion topic. It's just a little topic. No big deal. Well, I'm sure. No, we'll the good thing minutes. is everyone agrees on it. Cause like, if not, oh, this would be a controversial one, but, um, yeah, I, here, here's the thing. I want Hazes to say his perspective because he's got some good stuff to say. Um, we're in Ecclesiastes at church. And the one thing I agree on is there's nothing new under the sun. Like, um, culture's always been willing to sacrifice their children to get what they want. Um, and there's also been a theme whenever we wanted to get rid of something, we dehumanize it. Yes. Cause it's not, you rarely, uh, C.S. Lewis talked about this. You don't have a guy come in front of a judge and say, I don't think stealing is wrong or murder is wrong. He comes in front of a judge and says, here's why what I did wasn't stealing or it wasn't murder or the rules don't apply to me. It's something like you don't see a guy go to a judge and go, well, I don't think raping is wrong. He says, no, here's why what I did wasn't rape. Our culture's in a spot where they're saying, here's why it's not killing. Um, uh, Jesus brought up when we were talking just on the side, Sarah McLaughlin does this whole freaking video for dogs. But with a baby, it's just, uh, it's a fetus and a hard choice. And I'm not trying to be flippant about it. I take this seriously. Um, and I think, yeah, it's killing to me is self-defense. It's in defense of life. Abortion, I don't see that. It's not, it's not in defense of life. And now there's more studies coming out, more doctors coming out saying, actually, you don't even need it to save women's lives in some circumstances. Um, and even some of the ways they would save a woman's life, it's not even technically an abortion. It's because the main, uh, motive and effort is not to kill the baby, but it does raise the risk. So it's just, and here's the thing, even if you take the main stuff like, oh, abortion due to rape or mother's, you know, health, that's not even like, I don't even think it's 10%. The vast majority are not for that reason. Yeah. And I think our country is immensely guilty of it. And you can talk about how far we've evolved uh, past the Trail of Tears or Jim Crow, but we still have 50 million babies that have been killed. And, the, and I do say babies, not fetus. It's millions. Yeah, millions. It just, I don't know. I don't know what you want to jump on with that, Jesus, <coughs> but it just, yeah, I don't want to get too, like, irrational with their emotional, but. Yeah. Actually, I want to read something, but yeah, 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 it's about two, three chapters, and actually. One of the members of our church posted this. I won't say any names. Okay. okay. I'll say I posted it so I get all the hate <laughs> messages. And hey, Zeus MacArthur you know. at jmacarthur at gracetou.org. Yeah. But it, it goes along kind of what we're talking about, dehumanizing the baby. 
says, how does one group of people murder another and sleep at night? Answer, they don't. German soldiers didn't slaughter humans. Southern whites didn't lynch humans. And Planned Parenthood isn't killing humans either. The infectious pathos rising from the pit of hell and blackening the darkest periods in human history is an idea, an idea that a hierarchy of human and subhuman exists. Men who kill men in cold blood lose sleep. Men who kill beasts don't. In Germany, they called the subhuman creatures the, and I don't know how to say this in German, but utter, utter men, try to pronounce that right here. Untermenschen. Untermenschen. I think mensch. Yes, yeah, something mensch. like that. I know that's mensch at the end, mensch. The German propaganda, der Untermenschen, thought to be edited by Hitler's right hand man, manifested the serpent's whisper this way. The subhuman is a biological creature crafted by nature, which has hands, legs, eyes, and mouth, even the semblance of a brain. Nevertheless, this terrible creature is only a partial human being. Jeez. Although it has features similar to a human, the subhuman is lower on the spiritual and psychological scale than any animal. Not all of those who appear human are in fact so. Woe to him who forgets it. Though it may appear to be human, it isn't. It may look like it's made in the image of God. May look like an actual man, woman, or child, but it isn't. Its color, disability, or lack of development betrays the fact that the terrible creature is only partially human. And as history repeatedly teaches, when they are not fully human, they, then their dignity, in the bit of... Why can I not say this word? Say it for me, por favor, senor. Uh, oh, okay. Inevitably. Yes. Conflicts with our interests. Become not all human. Our evil having erringly defied God's law, thou shalt not murder, lie, steal, goes on to defy mathematics, rounding three-fifths down to zero. There's a lot more to it, but that, I mean, that just speaks into what you're saying. I mean, how easy it is to kill a child. You know, I, in my eyes, it's a child, you yeah, know, yeah. but when we hear the reasons or the the names that are given to these children that are being killed, fetus or the cells, you know, so they're being this, they're they're being dehumanized, you know, being seen not at the same level as one who is alive speaking, you know, they're they're not human because they can't do what we're doing. So therefore, they don't have the same rights as we do. Yeah, I mean, as we were talking before we started, go kick a dog in front of a thousand people. I mean, just kick them for nothing. Kick that dog as hard as you can, yeah. and watch what happens. But go kill. A child made in the image of God before it's 24 weeks, and now they're pushing that. Now they're yeah. they're pushing for late term abortion, up to the point where literally the woman can be going into labor. A New decision. York, right? I think yes. New York. Yeah, yeah. Something along that line. So I haven't really dug into it. I've heard it in the news. I've heard some podcasts where they've touched on the subject, and there's another state too where. The governor, the senator, said this ridiculous, oh my God, where, where he's talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, it's up to the mom and the, and the, and the doctor on what happens in this, in this late term abortion, um, bill that they're trying to pass. Where if it's, if there's a risk to the mom's health, she would have to only have one doctor sign off on it. I guess before this bill, you would have to have at least three doctors sign off on it. To okay it 
Um, this bill will bring it down to one doctor. And not only that, it doesn't always have to be that the mother's life is at risk. But if the child has some deformity, right, has some kind of problem, disability, whatever, the mom can decide. And this is where, this is what he said. It's like, you know, we would resist, we would bring the baby back to life. Say, even if the baby was born, like, still was dead, like he was born dead, it's like, and we can bring him back to life, like, we would bring him back to life and then let the mom decide if she still wanted him. No. We would keep him comfortable until the mom decided. I was like, wait, wait, wait a moment. Wait a, what? Hold up. Did this guy just say that if this baby came without life out of the womb, they would bring him back to life if possible just to kill him again? No, no. How is that okay? You know, so, but again, because this baby, you know, this baby or this fetus, as they would say, I guess, I mean, I don't know why. This baby, you know, doesn't have those rights as such. So it, it, it can't speak for itself, obviously. It can't say, hey, I want to live. You know, so it makes it so easy to just. <sighs> think of think of the arguments, too. Okay. So let me just throw out a few, which, by the way, all right, it's called ectopic preg- pregnancies. That's where the mother's life is at risk because it's, it's, the egg is implanted in the wrong area. Hmm. They now have a procedure where you actually can transplant it to the right place and save it. Save the baby, not it. See, I've been in this culture too long. All right. Think of some of the arguments. Okay. I hear, well, I don't want to ruin two lives. If if I had this baby, I would just be ruining two lives now. I go, why? Okay, well, I have no money. Okay, here's what you're saying. Now. It's better for the baby to never exist and be born into poverty. Poor people. Think of what that says. It's better to be never born and die than be born poor. Because no one's ever come out of poverty. Oh, I would just ruin its life. Okay, once again, it would be better to be never born than deal with abuse or suffering. Well, if it has a disability... People with Down syndrome, listen, it's better to never be born, they wish you were never born, than be born with Down syndrome, even though I've met people from all those groups who are happy. Yeah. And here's the one thing I hear. Well, you know, I don't have an option. You can drop a baby off at a firehouse and they'll take it. Adoption. All these things. And you know, this is what's nuts to me. Nuts to me. They say, what's so heartbreaking? I don't know if I could give them up. Hold on. You're ready to make sure they never exist or die. And that's what it is. They're dying. But it's too heartbreaking to give them up. You you can. You, you say, okay, I can't afford them. Let me interrupt you there. Yeah. So I was just listening to a podcast yeah, and it ahead. touched upon that. Yeah. So, and I, I sent you that link. That's the one that you, you didn't get a chance to hear. Yeah. So, you know, there's this lady that used to work in, in Planned Parenthood. She's seen how abortions happen. It, it literally broke her heart seeing the way that abortions were done and especially after they got this what are they the ultrasound machine i guess Mm -hmm. that they use in order to see the baby to tear it limb to limb that she said that you would see the baby react pull away and you could and even with technology getting better have you seen those the pictures, like when you take your wife and she's pregnant, and it gets an ultrasound. You can see the face. You can yeah. see like all features. You can literally yeah. almost tell the how three, your baby's gonna look. Yeah, the 3D ones. Yeah, the 3D ones. It's just like you can see the baby's face in pain. And she's a born again Christian now. And and she, the thing is though, she still works in Planned Parenthood, not in doing the procedures of the abortions now. But now when the women come <clears throat> seeking one. She's the one that, that talks to them. Like counsels them. Yeah, counsels them and, and, you know, and to hopefully 
deter them from having this abortion. It's her hopes, you know, after seeing obviously multiple and multiple and multiple abortions over and over. And one thing that she says is like, that she says in this debate is that, look, I've never had one of the women who had an abortion come up to me like, cause she's from the, a small town. So she's bumped into a lot of the women who she helped have an abortion or helped to deter away from having an abortion and they ended up having a baby. She's like, I never had a woman who had an abortion and came up to me and be like, that was the best decision I made in my life. Yes, absolutely. She said, every time I bumped into one of those women, they always tell me how much regret they have that they went through with that. And the women that kept the babies would thank her whenever she would bump into them, would thank her from changing their mind of having an abortion. They say they they cannot imagine life without their child. You know, so I was trying to go somewhere with this, but that... <laughs> well, it's because it's, it's serious and we should take it seriously. Like, I know we joke on this show, but here's the thing. This is what frustrates me. People go, okay, rape mother's life. Yes. Which I, I get the discussion. People, I, it's not that sexual assault doesn't matter. I yeah, get that. I, yeah. I've had friends who have had that happen. That is evil. That is not of God. I want to play the devil's advocate later on on that. Yeah. Against our brothers and sisters. So, but. so here's the thing. Let's say, let's say that was a discussion that gets brought up so much. What about these two things? But really, that's like, that's like less than 10%. That's, that's not even the bulk of it. Even if we conceded and said, yeah, you're right. In these circumstances, it's okay. The bulk of them are not from that. And that's the bulk of what's happening in America. It is not because of rape. It is not because of the mother's life. The vast majority of them have decided this being growing inside of me is not human. We're going to terminate that. If that was the only discussion, I actually would go, okay, let's talk about the two extreme things. Fine. We all agree. Let's be reasonable. But that's not it. People throw those out and say, what about this? What about this? Okay. We're spending 90% of the time debating 10% of the circumstance when the other 90% are no. You are killing a human being because something wasn't perfectly in check, because something wasn't right, when there were other options. And there were. And I love you if you've dealt with this. God forgives you if you've dealt with this. But the truth is, it wasn't the only option. And I'm sorry. And people who know I might be considered liberal on other things might be surprised by this. No, this is one thing I've been strong on for years, even when I was a criminal. I'm sorry, but the bulk of these are not done because your life was threatened. A baby was killed and we've ignored it and turned on the TV. We, we've heard about it on the news and, and I've heard it before. If, all right, if 20 people get killed, it's a tragedy. If a million get killed, it's a statistic. And that's how America's become with babies. They're not fetuses, babies. We have murdered our children. I don't, what were you going to jump into? You wanted to challenge some of that, so. Well, I remember what I was trying to go to first earlier. So, I mean, in, in our society, you know, women are being told, obviously, that a fetus is not a baby until a, about 24 to 25 weeks. Yeah, yeah I think right? that's right. Yeah. Something along those lines. So then again, you know, they're, they're pretty much just saying, no, it's just a bunch of cells, you know, in your body. It's your body. It's your decision. You can do what you want and what's best for you. There's there's cries out there that are not being heard by fathers. They say it's your body, your decision. And as obviously we know, you know, no. As a Christian, I don't agree with that. It's your your body's just a host, which God created it as a woman 
to carry this baby, to carry this baby made in the image, in, in the image of God. But the other side of it is, I don't understand why men have no right at all in this. Because in that debate that I was hearing, a lot of these women, you'd be surprised, a lot of these women that are having abortions are mothers already. They already have children. And the reason they're doing it is because they had agreed with their significant other that they were not going to have any more kids. Maybe the father had a bisectomy or something to, you know, try to stop that. And they still end up getting pregnant. So they, from fear, they're like, well, you know, I don't want him to get mad. I don't, you know, to please their husband, they go behind their back and have this abortion. Or there's also cases where women just, where men would be like, hey, I would be willing to be there emotionally and financially, but he has no right at all because he's not carrying the baby because we were not created that way. And just because we were not created that way, we have no right or say, even if the father were to say, hey, well, have the baby and give them to me. And if you don't want to have anything to do with me or the baby, fine. They have no right at all. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys feel about that? How do you guys? Oh, I have plain Sean, because I have something. I've actually studied this. If you have something to say, that's fine. But I, well, <clears throat> around. You and your mustache. Around the men's rights uh, yes, thing. Yes, awesome. I don't know. I do have a mustache, so I have a right to say uh, things around men's rights. I know that, like, I, f- I feel from a Christian context that, like, the beauty of marriage is that you become one flesh. And now there is no, um, like, individual rights, but both of you are operating as one flesh. <laughs> Seth's making a Funyun sandwich right now. How He's are, taking this very seriously. You know what? Modelo sponsors me, okay? Was that really a cigar you smoked right now? So... <laughs> It actually was just Funyuns. And you I should smoked. put the cigar. You should empty the cigar into that sandwich. <laughs> so, like, actually, you know what? Here's what I want to say. I think that the church, and we usually rag on the American church a lot. I'm not ragging on the American church right now. I think the church in general, for many hundreds, if not a thousand years, has done a very, very poor job of handling this issue. And I think that part of the problem, why there is essentially like a Holocaust-level number of abortions that happen every year, I think that part of the reason why that happens is because the church has done a poor job of of handling this in the past. And it's easy to blame things in the past and as a young person, blame the old people and the previous generation. Dang vanilla ice and his hippity hoppity and rap. I just have to say, like, um, the fact that, like, part of what we're arguing for against a pro-life perspective is this pro-choice and the fact that women have to be able to have a say over their bodies. And I think, to some degree, that's a valid perspective. Yeah. Women should have the right to have a choice of what's happening with their bodies. I think the reason that there's such a strong reaction in the area of abortion is because women have been oppressed and have not had a right over their own bodies for so many thousands of years. And a lot of that was sponsored by the church. So I think the church has a lot of apologies to make. Yeah. And I don't think it's done a good job of doing that. And I think right now we're sleeping in the bed that previous generations have made because of this problem. So I just want to say that. And I want to say that I understand. I don't, I 
I can't truly understand, but I do to some degree understand that there has been a plight and this is a reaction to that plight. But I also think like my perspective on this is, yes, there's human life that's being ended and that human life was created in the image of God. But I think beyond that, there's life that's being, and I think it's, I think like life is important. You see grieving happen in, at, at the fall in Genesis three, when God has to kill animals to clothe Adam and Eve. He, ha- and there is death that occurs. Now that the, now that the world has fallen, all of a sudden things are dying. There's entropy mm-hmm. now. And it's, yeah, animals are dying. People are dying. Trees are dying. Solar systems are dying. All of these things are dying, and that's life that's being extinguished. And I think that's, to some degree, unacceptable. I think that we have to have a certain level of appreciation and respect for life, even if it's not a I watched this video that just came out, and it's some fancy microscope camera, and it essentially watches one cell. I think it was like National Geographic or something. And it's a camera and you see one cell. You literally see a cell with like a nucleus and protoplasm. What else is in a cell? I can't remember from sixth grade. Mm. Bernie Cy- Sanders. Maybe cytoplasm. <laughs> and uh, a, a, He's in there. Don't pro- worry. Proto income. So mm-hmm. this cell and you see the cell divide into two. And then you see it divide into four and then eight. And it keeps going on and on and on and on and on. And it's like a five minute video and you start with one cell. And at the end of it, you have like a salamander. Mm. And I'm just like, holy crap, where did life begin? Because the way that you see these cells dividing, there's life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's life from the point it was one cell that was life. And I think like, I don't regard things. I mean, I don't think spiders start as a cell. I think they start as demons. Yeah. But like, there's some things that we have to honestly consider, like how much is life. And again, you have the conservative, uh, side of the United States being known for being careless with life in one area. You know what I mean? You have these guys who are more than willing to send a drone strike. I mean, this is a trope and a stereotype, but it's a stereotype for a reason. You have the Republican guy who's more than happy to send a drone strike and start a war or a conflict in some other country for oil prices. And you have the guy who mercilessly hunts endangered animals and things like that. I mean, we have these stereotypes, which I think are to some degree true. Meanwhile, those are the same guys who are saying... I can't believe you wouldn't regard human life with respect, but they're not regarding any life with respect. And so I do think there's a major distinction between human life and all other life, obviously. But I'm thinking, I'm saying I'm starting there. And if it's unacceptable to kill without reason when it's not human life, it's even less acceptable to kill when it is human life. And so I think that part of this reaction to the way women have been treated and even like human life has been treated in the past is part of what we're experiencing and seeing now. now. And I'm not saying that 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 makes it okay. What I'm saying is that like, I, we all have to do our best to like apologize because there's a lot of people out there who have had abortions or are going to have an abortion right now who we could demean and monsterize to the point where it would be almost as dehumanizing as we're claiming that person is to their baby. 
And we don't want to dehumanize at all. Our goal is to bring the true identity of humanity to humans so that they know that they're created in the image of God and, and they would have that respect. And so I think that's kind of uh, my opinion when it comes to abortion. And I also think when it comes into regards to the, the small amount of cases where somebody's raped, absolutely, I understand the conflict. You literally did not want this baby, and now it's being forced upon you, and you literally didn't have a choice because there was sexual assault. I understand the severity of that. But as a chronic complainer, I always want to go to the beginning of things and say, well, why why can't we do more to stop rape from happening in the first place? Yeah, And, like, I understand there's a whole debate to have here. But there's also a whole debate that's being missed. Yeah, yeah. Like, why did this sexual assault happen? What's going on? Is this toxic masculinity thing causing a lot of rapes? Is the fact that, like, we haven't indicted a lot of the predatory males out there? Uh, the reason is the fact that it there's you never been apologies cycle. for the... Oh, totally. It's a, it's a of complete course cycle. It is. Of course it is. So I think porn helps. Porn doesn't hinder that at all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that's, the, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, sorry. When you go back to the very beginning of things, maybe there's a lot of things that we can do systemically that would lower abortion rates that have absolutely nothing to do with clinics and Planned Parenthood and funding and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe in the very beginning of things. We could make it so that uh, there was no um, unhealthy things that cause all of these issues. And in addition to that, like, um, Seth, you know the numbers better than me, but there's a lot of countries who have reduced abortions through programs that help women who want to have abortions. And they say, hey, we want to come alongside you and support you and give you state-sponsored money yes. to help you foster this child and either give this child up for adoption or prepare you to be a mother and all of that. We don't even talk about that. Sometimes we just demonize the people who have abortions. And to be honest with you, it plays into our identity politics and benefits those uh, fringe groups more than it does actual babies in utero. And yeah. so I think... Uh, I just think there's so many more problems than just the amount of abortions. I think it just starts way before the clinic. And I also don't support picketing is the only oh, other thing I want oh, to say. That's You're touching you upon everything bad. that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Playing the devil's hat. And kind of just, oh, please. Okay. Advocate away. Okay. okay, 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 okay. Let's start. All right. I'm going to start ranting. I'm, I'm going to go off. If, if I get a little crazy, punch me, Seth. <laughs> Calm me down. I got you, brother. Or, or, or pinch my finger. No, I heard you punch on. Oh, no, no, I can't feel myself. it. Never mind. Punch myself in the business. I got you. <laughs> okay. I love everything you just said. Because I agree with it. I 100% agree with that. The church has failed miserably. I mean, over and over and over. And it's, this is not to say every single church out there. There's great churches out there that are, they have great, you know, just ministries that are specifically for that, as you said, that of what countries are doing. They come along the mother financially, emotionally, you know, love on them. Love is another subject that I wanted to bring up tonight. Love. Mm -hmm. There's so much power in love. We underestimate the power in love. I don't, there's a podcast I was hearing in, in Joe Rogan's podcast, actually, <laughs> when he had, um, 
what's that guy named? The Tesla guy. Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Yes. He, he had, <laughs> Jinx. He, he, he brought him over, right? That's when he got all in trouble for smoking weed or not. The stock market on Tesla went down. But there's one thing that this billionaire guy said. They're talking about kind of just problems that are going on in the United States, in the world. And he's like, it's like he said, he's like, you know what? I think love is the answer to all these problems. Mm. There's not enough of it. Mm. I was like, man, this billionaire gets it. <laughs> it's not a, he's not a Christian, you know, he, but he, he, he gets to that. You know, he gets it. He understands love. And I don't think people, a lot of people in this age right now understand that word and what it means and the power behind it. That it's not just a word, but it's action. You know, I think the church really needs to step up in that area, especially up in this topic of abortion. The reason I say that is because the church is real quick to step up and just belittle these women that are having abortions, make them feel like crap. Totally. By doing exactly as you say, picketing. Doing these marches, you know, or those hooligans, those Southern Baptist church, whatever that church is that has those pickets. Westboro Baptist. Yes, those guys. That you're going to go to hell. That you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. You know, anyone who has an abortion is going to go to hell. Anybody that's gay is going to go to hell. Man, I want to punch those guys Mm. out of love. Out of love. Out of love, though. Love. I just thought of a chance for the ditch. I love them. But, I mean, I'm, dude, this... I am so angry. This thing's making me so angry. That the way I, how I see the church dealing with this, and I don't like to get into it. I don't like to get in, like especially in social media, man. I, I, social media is not the place. No. People, if you are listening, please listen to me right now. I'm speaking directly to you right now. Get off Facebook. Yeah, delete it. Get off Instagram. We don't know how to use it. We do not know how to use that thing. All it does is create problems especially in this kind of topics yep because you got people obviously with one view you got people with another view and what happens when you bring those two people together is conflict and then you bring them in social media where there's all this you know typing going on and and talking and sometimes people mean good things but the thing is you can't read body language yeah you can't really have a good conversation with somebody through that platform and that's what i mean we don't know how to use it we just Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna comment this on that, and and maybe your comment meant good, but to somebody who has a different view, they don't they don't know where you're coming from, and they just feel attacked by what you said. So first of all, social get off social media. Don't talk about this topic on the internet. If you want to talk about this topic, do it in person. Yeah, face to face. Do it in person. But you know. That's uncomfortable. People don't want to be put in that position. But just get off of it. It does no good. And 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 I'm I want to talk more directly to my brothers and sisters because ooh, we're we're real quick. We're real quick to talk about this subject of abortion, talking about how you shouldn't do it, and we use all these biblical verses of why not. But then what are you doing? What are you doing? You want to be real quick to talk, but what are you doing at the end of the day? If you ain't doing nothing, shut up. That's my that's my advice. Shut up. Don't say nothing. Like, I mean, it's it's the same thing we used to say in the hood. You know, if you're going to walk the walk, if, if you're going to talk the talk, then walk the walk. Don't just do all this talking. But then when it comes down to the action, you're nowhere to be seen. You know, we get we get enough of a bad rep as it is as Christians. You know, that we're just as hypocrites. You know, we don't follow what we preach. And this doesn't help. This does not help, especially where there's these mothers that don't that are lost, you know, I, I can just imagine what's going on through this mother's heads 
that they're going to make this decision to kill a child, even if they don't see it as a child. The, the debate that I heard and of all these women that this woman talked to and the regret they had. Yeah, society told them, oh, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a human yet. You know, the brain ain't even working. You know, it can't feel no pain. But everything that she saw told her it was otherwise. It, it, no, it's wrong. You know, the babies do feel pain through this process. I'm a father. I'm not a rich guy. I'm poor. I mean, by, by society's terms, I'm poor. But to think about a child being ripped limb to limb, as a, I mean, just as a human being, it breaks my heart, man. You know, it just, it honestly yeah. just breaks my heart. But what, the thing that really, really, really angers me is seeing my brothers the way, and my sisters, my brothers and sisters in Christ, who I love. I, I love you. Please don't think that me ranting and, and, and saying what I'm saying, that there's hate behind this. I'm just angry. And I have that right. I have the right to be angry. But I don't hate you. I have nothing against you, nor none of these women who have com- who have gone through this. Because I can just imagine what they're going through, what's going on in their mind that has made them reach that point, or what they're feeling after they go through this. Yeah, it can't be easy. It can't be easy. I don't judge them. I just, I would just want to love on them. I wish the church stepped up. I wish every single church had a ministry that helped women out. That would walk with them side by side, loving on them and gave them that choice that, hey, you know, they might change their mind once they have the baby and they want to keep it. And we would continue to help them. I would I, I would give more of my time than if I knew that we have this ministry in our church to help these women out mm-hmm. just for that. I work overtime. I don't care. You know, I know that by myself, it would be something hard for me to do. I don't have much. But what I would have, I'll be willing to give. I just wish the church was more unified in that. And that instead of just talking and talking, they would walk. That we would not just hear the words of God, but that we would apply them to our lives. Mm. And I'm not a Christian saying doing that. I just want to encourage, I mean, if you're listening, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, It's especially if you're a parent yourself. I mean, just look at your child. Look at your child and look how blessed you are. I mean, they're a blessing. They are a blessing from God. And this is what we should be helping these women to see their children as, as a, as a blessing from God made in the image of God. That we will stand against this clear evil that is going on in our country, but not do it out of hatred. That's, see, that's the, that's the problem. We're, a lot of this is being done out of hatred. Hate towards these women that are doing this. Hate towards this organization that is allowing, that is doing this process. Hate towards this country that made it legal to this, for this to happen. But where's the love? It's, it's nowhere to be seen. I mean, there is some, but it's, I mean, you can't see it behind this sea of hatred that exists. Cause that sea is bigger than, than those who are actually walking the walk. So, I mean, what, what does God tell us? It tells me to slow to speak. We're so quick on that keyboard to judge these women and judge these politicians and judge, you know, all this that is wrong. And that's all we're doing. All we're doing is we're judging. All we're doing is taking God's place as judge instead of loving on these people, praying for them, walking with them. Step up, Christians. Step up. Walk your walk. And let's quit talking about it. And let's just quit this preaching, this pretty preaching, the, all these verses that we put to try to back up our arguments that I read those arguments and I don't see no love on in, in that argument yeah. at all. All I see is judgment. All I see is hatred. And that's and that's why I agree with you. The church has failed. And the friend. <clears throat>
No. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I'm looking at it right now, James. Uh, 122 says, be doers of the word and not merely hearers who yeah. deceive themselves. And then um, I'm trying to look for, oh yeah, here it is. Uh, James 1.27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. It's such a different perspective. Instead of getting on social media and uh, railing on people, or instead of supporting your candidate who's supposed to uh, rein in public funding of things, actually care for widows and yeah. actually care for pregnant moms, actually support organizations that would support pregnant moms and stuff like that. Be doers of the word, not yeah. hearers only. And the other thing you said is like being slow to slow to speak. Like, I think that's also in James. It's like, uh, be slow to speak and slow to anger and be in, yeah. um, and use your words wisely. I don't know many people who have consistent, debates and arguments on social media or debates and arguments among their friends can say that they have done a good job of listening and a good job of applying the gospel to a situation. Yeah. I mean, maybe they've won an argument, but I don't know if they've won the person. I sometimes feel like that's, that's the only reason they do it for is to win the argument. Totally. Yeah. You know, but it's like, did that help one of those women out? Totally. I got a lot of heat. Speaking of social media, I posted a thing that I saw that I thought was really cool. It was people at an abortion clinic with a picket sign. And I was like, oh, great, because I'm not a big fan of that. But the sign said, hey, we will do whatever we can to help you. We'll even adopt your baby and support you financially throughout your pregnancy. I thought that was awesome. And it was super cool. And I posted it and got destroyed for posting it, of course. (laughs) I bet. But, like, how cool would that be, just like you're saying, if every church was supporting, um, you know, unplanned pregnancies? I, I think they should be in the front lines. I mean, you wouldn't, I, I would assume, this is theoretical, but I would assume if you could go to any church as a, as a mom who just discovered she was pregnant and maybe has bad situation, if you knew that you could go to any church near you and just say, I'm in this situation, I need help, and knowing that you would be helped and not yes. judged, uh, you wouldn't have a need for publicly funded Planned Parenthood because it would be it would be more local to you and it would be a better situation because you are going to receive um, funds that is not based on some government budget where the government can shut down all the yeah. time. And it's ridiculous. Like you would receive funds from people who care for you and want to, want to help you. I think that would be awesome. I agree. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I wish we had that as well. We do have something local. Can I actually shout out to, we have the crisis pregnancy center yes, here and yes. uh, my Washoe sisters County. work with them actually. Yeah. And they do a pretty good job of counseling. Um, not just people who are thinking about abortions, but people who have had abortions in the past. And I think they have a really good, um, system there and a really good way to support, uh, people who are considering abortions. So maybe in the interim before the churches, uh, all create ministries for this situation, maybe if you're local to Reno, maybe you could support the crisis pregnancy center. You're awful quiet over there, Seth. Um, 
so my sister has worked with them, and they're not what you think. They're going to be there to support you, talk to you through a hard time. Um, it is going to be a lot of believers, but it's a lot of people who just believe in that uh, cause in this instance. Uh, the thing I want to bring up is this. Um, I will admit, so I'll admit from one side and from the other side. So, on one side, I have to ask, if it's not human, why do you care if it's safe or rare? Hmm. Who gives a shit? I mean, if it's if it's not if it's not human, why do you care if it's safe or rare? It doesn't matter because you're saying, oh, it's safe, it's rare. We rarely. Who cares? If it's not human, it, do, it doesn't matter. Just do it because you know it's a human. You know it's a human. Um, on the other side, we haven't been good thinking through what uh, pro life really means. We go, well, I care about the baby. Do you care about the kids of a terrorist? Mm-hmm. Do you care about hitting um, a birthday party with a drone strike? And I'm looking at Obama yep. too. I've seen Democrats and Republicans do this. Let me ask this. Okay. This is an unpopular one. When I say, is it ever right to kill an unborn child? They go, no. Were you okay with Hiroshima? There were pregnant women there and children. We dropped two bombs. And you say, well, we had to win the war. All right, then that's fine. But just admit that you think it's sometimes okay to kill the unborn. Pro-life needs to be cradle grave every life for all of life and think through it. And you can't wait on these politicians or theologians who are not your pastor. I don't care if it has gospel in the title. Think through it. This is your walk. When you go to your creator, John Piper will not advocate for you. Think through it. What do you believe? Do not be lazy. Americans have... Here's the thing. We didn't accept heresy because it was pushed on us. We opened the door. We are lazy and complicit. So think through it. You're pro-life. Okay, what does that mean? I want you to ask the question. Is it every life? Is it every stage of life? Is it for all of life? Is it prisoners? Are you pro-life their child molester in prison? Are you pro-life if they're in an old folks home? Are you pro-life if they're PTSD veteran mm. on the street and poor? Are you pro-life if they're black? Are you pro-life if they're a cop, white or black? Are you pro-life if they're a firefighter? Are you pro-life if they're ISIS? Pick the person you hate. Are you pro-life? Work through us because our theology Here's the thing. We need to have critical thinking to look through. All right. We've too long let politicians decide. Here are the terms. Here are the standards. Here are the boundaries. Look through that filter. Mm -hmm. That is garbage. We should be dictating. We're supposed to be speaking to the world. We shouldn't be going, hey, uh, what's kind of our boundary and what do you want us to say? No, I don't give a crap. We should be the ones coming in saying, here's the better story. Here's the standard. Here's the boundaries. Here's what we should be thinking through. Here's a lens. Not going, well, they told me it's either right or left. They didn't die on the cross. So now abortionists, well, you love women or you hate children? Both. Both. Love them both. Care about them both. Pro-life? I do not have to be enemy of women. Uh, what if I want women and the children to thrive? I'm trying to find the study because I read it years ago. But uh, Germany... One of the, and it may be different now. It may be different. Look this stuff up. One of the years that abortion dropped was when they started offering more resources to women. In a sense, saying, hey, if you keep the baby, we'll help you with counseling, money. So I'll have to find it, research it. But don't, why are we letting everyone else dictate the terms? We're supposed to be coming into anywhere, any sphere, any culture saying, here's a better story. And yet we go, well, you know, this is what they, no. Donald Trump is an authority, so I will show that respect. God's put me authority, fine. He does not set the standard. Neither does the Republicans or the Democrats. And you've played their game, 
And you know what? Here's the thing. They, they know what to say to get us to vote. They know if they say in God's name, nativity scene, blah, 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 we'll vote. And the progressives know if you say Bernie Sanders will break dance and mosque, boom, you'll vote. We really need to be the ones that instead of letting the standard be set by the culture or the parties, why aren't we speaking up saying here's the discussion? You know what? So I, yeah, that's why I have to say about it. Uh, can I add to that? There's a potential that somebody who is considering an abortion might hear this podcast. Or there's an even bigger potential that somebody who listens to this podcast may know somebody who's considering an abortion. And I know we joke about how our listener base is very small, but there's still a chance. And I would encourage, instead of, like, we all complained about how the church hasn't done enough. Um, and I don't think I personally took enough ownership of not doing it. Yep. And so I don't think it's our responsibility to wait until the church starts that ministry. I think it's our responsibility to do things ourselves. And hopefully the church, hopefully that would be the church starting a ministry, you know? But in the meantime, if you know somebody who is considering an abortion, please reach out to your brothers and sisters in Christ. People you know, the church, the, maybe the pastors don't have a ministry set up. Maybe the church doesn't have a ministry set up. Maybe where you live, they don't have any type of program. But reach out to the people who are in that church. And there might be somebody, I would say there's likely to be somebody who would be a resource to those people who are considering getting an abortion. And um, that's, I think that is part of putting your, uh, walking the walk after you talk the talk. And that is part of actually being truly, uh, having that true, pure religion that James talks about. You're doing the work now. You're not waiting for somebody else to do the work, but you're getting involved in finding something. And you know what? You might fail. It might not work out and it might be a complete disaster. But I still think it's our responsibility to do what we can do to help the unborn from getting murdered. And I would say, like I said before, all life. You know what I mean? We should have respect for all life, and let's communicate that as as Christians, that we respect life. Let's not let, like Seth was saying, the political opinion, um, the political mass opinion dictate who we are represented to as America. Let's represent ourselves and make sure that people know who we are and how much we love them, how much we care about. And I'm just thinking about this. Like, I went hunting, and I didn't get, I didn't hunt, I didn't hunt effectively enough to kill an animal. But... I, the whole time, was terrified about how I would react to killing an animal. And I think there's like, um, like you were saying earlier, Jesus, if you kick a dog in public, people will think you are the worst person in the world. Yeah. And I think that's good. Yeah. People should think that. But people should think that for all life. And there is, like, a difference between killing and murder. And I think, like, you kill a deer... You should have the utmost respect and passion for the fact that you just took a life. Yeah. And it shouldn't be something, you know, like Oregon Trail. You you killed a buffalo, but you only took half the meat and the Indians were mad about that or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's legit. Like, you should have absolute respect if you're hunting and you kill a deer. Even if you step on a spider, I think. I mean, you should definitely step on any spider that's inside your house because we had a truce. But when you do that, you should honestly feel a little bit in your soul that yeah, you just took pray a life. over that spider. Yeah, prayer. something like that. And I think especially with human life, it's 
humans are created in the image of God, and we believe that that is significant. When a human life is taken, even when it's just, even when it's killing and not murder, we still have to have respect for that. You know what I mean? I mean, that's like, I don't think we communicate that well as uh, the military sends people over to be in a war and kill people. I don't think we communicate how to have respect for that person while still being the person to take their life. You know we need I mean? to see the value Absolutely. in that person in order to do that. Because as, as I, what I read earlier and what we talked about earlier, <clears throat> they're not humans. Or they're not our kind of humans. Right. They're you know, in our level, they're subhumans. You know, they look like us, you know, might sound like us, but they're not like us. So it's okay if you kill them. You know, you don't have to have no remorse. You know, you don't have to feel bad because they're not like us. I'm going to hit Sean with this loaf of bread to prove. Now, <laughs> how dare you? So I finally found the study. I wasn't trying to ignore you guys. I was actually reading about three or four studies. Um, ignore what I said about Germany just because there's lots of dispute on studies. Here's why I would say. All right. Uh, Guttmacher Institute, I think, is one to look up. Um, don't just listen to conservative. Listen to both sides. Read on studies. And I would say it's don't just look at numbers. Look at how the numbers are interpreted. Think of the philosophy of them. Think of how they're really staying the argument. I would say look at the biblical terms. Think of what the Bible says about how does the Bible view life. Think about um, if you have friends deal with this, how you would walk them through it. Um, my concern is this. I'm trying to get better about not telling people what to think. Instead, challenging how they think. Um, not this whole... God loves America. How do I defend my political stance? Instead saying, okay, the church is an embassy. I'm an ambassador. What, what would be the stance that best represents this new kingdom that gives them a greater story? I think the gospel is more beautiful than we give a credit. I think the Bible gives a better story than we give a credit. And we're supposed to be coming in not saying, hey, how do I give them a Republican version of Jesus or Democrat version of Jesus? I think we're supposed to come in and go, no, we're bringing a better standard, a better story, a better world, a better view, a better structure. But we've gone lost in America saying, well, let me republicanize this or democratize this. You know, let me make this liberal conservative. Let me, we're letting them set the terms. So this is what I'm saying. In this view, you may be uncomfortable with what we said. Good, but you should be. These things are hard. We're talking about death. We're talking about babies. So that's what I would say. Just walk through it. Think through it. And don't shy from the questions. Ask yourself, all right, if I believe what I believe, what's the logical conclusion? Think about it. Take into its furthest example what does it mean? Um, and know this, that regardless, um, you are loved. And even if you've made mistakes, even if some of these things have happened in your life, uh, you are loved. And I, especially looking at my life, there's not one person who I believe is beyond redemption. So that's that's what I would say. And we are sponsored by Modelo. Uh, oh, delicious, Modelo. delicious, golden flavored. That was good, man. Modelo <laughs> Funyuns are good, bro. Yeah. Oh, I had some. That's I had a, a Funyun sandwich. I took one of Sean's loaves oh. and put Funyuns in and ate it. It's too many carbs for me. Dipped yeah. it in the Modelo. Mm. <laughs> oh, I Modelo especial. Dude, what if we took the brats, cooked them in Modelo, put some Funyuns in a sandwich, and then... Good. And then I told my coach, hey, I'll fight at light heavyweight after that. <laughs> Your pipe is ridiculous. <laughs> Please don't. How dare you? Peepa. Is that how you say peepa? Peepa. Oh, awesome. Peepa. How long have you been saying it? Peepa. What? How do you say it? 
Oh, I've said pipe, it. but I didn't know what it was in, in Spanish. And I'm going to Panama at the end of the month, so. Why? For surfing. Oh, so Human so flourishing. Human flourishing, bro. You're going surfing in Panama? I. Oh, I didn't want to go. See. Si. See, si, senor. You could go with me if you want. No, 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 no. Go have fun. I'm going to go to Netherlands with my family and make jokes about you. Yeah, you've gone places without me before. Uh-oh. You went to the UAE, didn't even ask me to go. As security, it was to defend my Lutheran friend from getting I stabbed in an alley. No, you wouldn't. You don't like even Craig. like him. I like Craig a you lot. You just said his name. The terrorist just forgot about him. It was literally a stop for getting stabbed. That's it. And to watch Harvey golf. <laughs> that that was really it. Wait, where else have I gone without you? One time you went to Sacramento without me. <laughs> How dare you? I've gone to LA without you, Thailand, China, UAE, Mexico. But you have a gambling problem, Sean. <laughs> so you know what? Yeah. What city um what area? It's called Moro Negrito. Which I Say think that, that is so Moro racist. Morrito. Yeah. Which means like so, so the that's black Morro, Yeah, island? the black boy. The black point. Is that no. north? East? No, you say Morro? Morro. M O R O. There's a slang word Morro kind of meaning like a boy. Like Oh. You, well, you it means like, the like, black boy. Like in Spanish you can be like ese, like ese morrito, ese morro. Yeah. Is you kinda of referring to that boy in negrito or black. So it's yeah. that that black boy. Uh, so you're going to Black Boy to go surfing. I didn't name it. <laughs> <laughs> so is that northeast, southwest? It's, it's central on the Pacific coast, and it's an mm. island. It's actually an well, island hey, it, it would make sense. I mean, you got black people in Panama. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know what I learned about Panama actually recently is that it doesn't really have a culture because hmm. until. Until it was a good place to go for the canal, they didn't really have people living there. It's just jungles and mangroves. They didn't have a ton of people. So there's not like this, you know, thousand-year-old culture. It's only like a couple hundred years old. So let's remember what Sean said. Panama has no culture (laughs) until white men came to it. Not white men. Spanish folks. No, that's that's fine. I, I hope while you're surfing that... A ray or a giant octopus snatches you by the butt and just eats your face. I You're just... hoping Steve Irwin on me? Oh, he wasn't wow. killed by an octopus. He was you killed by a ray. ray. You said ray. The ray would be watching. The octopus yeah. would be strangling. <laughs> Do you know that they said if Steve Irwin had just weared, uh, worn some sunscreen? Don't do it. What? From if deadly rays. Just, it would protect him from deadly you rays. From deadlies. Oh. <laughs> Peter, I'm coming for you. Okay, how do we want to end this? Uh, I want to end with a good message. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Please. And it's just sounding off what I'm you said at the cry. end. For all those women out there, know that you're loved. Yes. Know that you're forgiven. I'm sorry that if the church has let you down in any way. I'm sorry that if you ever went to a church seeking for help and you didn't find any. But just know your love and know that your baby is loved. That's it. I think that's a good way to end it. That'll do, Jesus. That'll do. What are they, Holmes? Oh, gosh. That just makes oh, me want to fight people. What does Simone mean, by the way? How come? It's kind of just agreeing. Oh, I thought it meant Simon. All right. Yeah, Simon says, you know. Simone. Simone says. Simone says. What are they, Holmes? Claro que Do you yes. know what Macau Von Yao means, Sean? <laughs> Macau Von Yao, no. I believe, means. 
Ik hou van jou. It's a mean I love you. In Dutch, yeah. I knew mm. that. Because I don't betray the people I love, Sean. <laughs> but that's fine. You broke his heart. You are my brother, Fredo. Oh, how could you? <laughs> Never go against the family again. How could you? No, to, to be honest, yeah, they wouldn't. If I asked them for that day off, they'd be like, have fun, have fun, uh, finding new work. That is the worst day I could Which take is off. what always happens when I ask you to come camping for this trip. It's the man trip. It's the annual man trip. When did you ask me to go camping? I've asked you a few times and we go to Pyramid and you're like, uh, I'd well, rather. That's because not. I'm not a peasant. And I, I know. Go, that's what I'm this. saying. Um, so, Tales from the Ditch, send all complaints to Sean at TalesFromTheDitch at gmail.com um, or any questions we have. Uh, Tales from the Ditch is, was it something download? Tales from the Ditch? Was Tales it? from the Ditch dot download is our website or you can go to any podcast supplier. And we have uh, Shout C. Engine, iTunes, Player FM, uh, Spotify. Are we Spotify, on Spotify? Yeah. Spotify, yeah. Spotify. We are also um, shown on the Joe Rogan podcast, the uh, Doctrine and Devotion, Jocko, and the Oprah channel. Shout out to Shay for his donation, Judah for his donation, and Jesus and, Jesus and your friends. Oh, <laughs> Press Booger. Booger. Press Booger. Press Moco. You want to get some shirts done? You, you, you trying to make a softball team? You want to get some shirts done for that softball team? Press Moco. Press You Moco. want just some a shirt for you, custom made, like I got one done. Press Moco. All right. All right. Zip it up. Zip it out. See you.